Good morning, King's Church. Hope you're doing well. As the challenges of the lockdown restriction roll on, it struck me that we're seeing, perhaps more clearly than we normally do, two particular longings that are becoming ever more present amongst us. A longing for authenticity and a longing for genuine relationships. So if you've been following the media this week, and it's fairly hard not to at the moment, there's been a huge outcry over Dominic Cummings and his journey to Durham during the lockdown. Anger has been expressed by people from all sides of the political spectrum. The situation has raised questions regarding equality, integrity, humility. There's been outrage that someone instrumental in government policy did not follow it, or at least interpreted it liberally. The anger is to do with the disconnect between what was said and what seemingly happened, or what seemingly he did. It connects with a desire deep within us for authenticity, a longing that what people believe and what people say is matched and mirrored by what they do. Secondly, in this lockdown, as this lockdown season continues, I'm becoming more and more aware of my longing for genuine relationships and meaningful community. I'm loving that we can connect together over Zoom and do video calls. But like you, I have the longing to see people face to face, to have a meal together, to open a bottle of wine and spend an evening chatting. That longing for authenticity that we're seeing, that's expressed in the media frenzy over the last week, and the longing we're feeling more and more for meaningful relationship, is what we're going to talk about a bit today and how the Gospel meets that as we look at the book of Philippians, chapter 2, and continue our series, Inspiration and Isolation. And in this bit of the passage that we're going to be looking at, Paul writes to the church in Philippi and basically says, you know what, I'm sending Timothy and I'm sending Epaphroditus to you. Now it could just be seen as information that he's saying to them, but so much more is happening. See in Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 to 11, Paul has shown how Jesus humbled himself, lived as a servant, poured out his life so that others could live. Paul shows the centrality of Jesus in the Christian faith, both as the saviour, but also as our model. He then urges the Philippians to live out their salvation, to follow the model that Jesus has given. And in doing so, there'll be bright lights shining in their generation, doing everything without complaining and arguing and pointing others to Jesus, the light of the world. Then in verses 19 to 30, we see Paul speaking of Timothy and Epaphroditus. And as he's doing so, he is pointing at them and saying, they are people who have followed Jesus. They're an example to look at and emulate. They're held up as an example of authenticity and what it means to live in deep, meaningful relationships. So if you've got a, if you've got a Bible, please turn with me to Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 onwards. The verses will be on the screen. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ, 
But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he served with me in the gospel. I hope therefore to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been, deep, been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honour such men. For he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. As we look at this passage this morning, I want to talk about the longings I mentioned at the start of this talk, about authenticity and deep relationships, and how the gospel can meet these. If we look at Timothy and Epaphroditus, we see Christ-like character. Paul isn't sending Timothy to Philippi because he's the most charismatic teacher. He's sending Timothy to them because he knows he will love and care for this community of believers. Paul writes about Timothy saying, I have no one else like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. Paul contrasts Timothy with others who he says seek their own interest, not those of Jesus. Now he can't mean everyone apart from Timothy putting themselves first and Jesus next. It's clear Epaphroditus put Jesus first. He risked his life for the gospel. But Paul is saying a very sad generalisation that those who are Christians or call themselves Christians, often end up putting themselves first and then Jesus second. And there's a link between verse 20 and verse 21. Putting Jesus first and loving and genuinely being concerned for the welfare of others is two ways of saying the same thing. Love for Jesus overflows in love for others. As Jesus said to his disciples in John 13, by this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. If the Apostle Paul was writing about your life or my life, would he be able to say you have a genuine interest in others' welfare and that you put Jesus' interests above your own? I'd encourage you to spend some time examining your life in the coming days and asking what would it look like to put Jesus' interests above my own and to love others more deeply? What changes would God uh, be asking of me at this time? But moreover, when Paul was sending Timothy, he knew that Timothy would deliver. He wrote, but you know Timothy's proven worth. Or as the NIV put it, you know Timothy has proved himself. Over time, Timothy had consistently lived uh, for Jesus. And Paul was confident sending Timothy to Philippi that Timothy would honour Jesus, be a blessing to that community and love them well. 
Timothy was a proven entity and Paul knew that he could be trusted. As the message translation says it, you know that Timothy's the real deal. And as I look and see our church community, there are so many of you that are proven. That myself and elders in the church are so grateful for. I could direct so many of my friends to many of you and say, you know what, if you want to learn what it means to follow Jesus, if you want to learn what it means to get to know him, spend time with him or her. Because you've proved yourself and we're so grateful that I'm, we're, I'm part of a church and there's a church here with many people who have walked with Jesus for many years and have proved him to be faithful. So that's Timothy. And then we turn to Epaphroditus and we see Paul describe him by saying he nearly died for the work of Christ. In verse 29, you see Paul was, Epaphroditus was carrying a gift on behalf of the church in Philippi to bring to Paul, who was under house arrest in Rome. And on that journey, it seems, he became ill, nearly to the point of death. Epaphroditus was willing to risk his life for Jesus' sake by serving Paul in this way. The Greek, to risk one's life, was elsewhere used as a gambling term. As Alex Mottier in his commentary on Philippians says, Epaphroditus took a calculated risk which involved the expenditure of all he had, his very self, in response to the worthiness of Jesus. Are we willing to risk our lives? Are we willing to put our reputations on the line for the sake of Jesus? Like Epaphroditus did. Like Timothy did. So in Epaphroditus and Timothy, what they believe is mirrored by how they live. They put Jesus first above their own interests. They were willing to risk their lives for the sake of the gospel. The evidence of their putting Jesus first is their love and their genuine concern for others. Moreover, they've proved themselves as followers of Jesus. They're reliable and they're trustworthy. And one more thing, which kind of flows against the tide of this culture, Timothy and Epaphroditus willingly submitted to Paul's leadership. Their primary allegiance was to live for Jesus as Lord and Saviour, but they are willingly sent by Paul to Philippi. In a day and age where independence is prized, to be the captain of our own destiny is seen as a wonderful thing. We need, as believers, to be led by those God has given as leaders in the church. To have a humility that responds to their leadership. There's an authenticity that we long for in the way that Epaphroditus and Timothy lived. And their example is a provocation for us to display the fruits of the Holy Spirit and gospel character. However, we also see genuine and deep relationships which have been shaped by the gospel at work in Paul, Timothy and Epaphroditus. Paul describes how Timothy has served alongside him as a son with a father. Paul describes Epaphroditus as my fellow brother. You see, the church is to be a community of believers in deep relationships with each other as they follow Jesus together. 
However, we also see genuine and deep relationships which have been shaped by the gospel at work in Paul, Timothy and Epaphroditus. Paul describes how Timothy has served alongside him as a son with a father. He describes Epaphroditus as my fellow brother. You see, the church is a community of believers in deep relationship with each other as they follow Jesus together. Timothy and Paul are the father-son relationship. Paul and Epaphroditus were brothers together. In doing this, Paul has shown that the church is a family of God. It's not a meeting you attend. It's a family that you're part of, that you build, you throw your lot in with, and you build deep, meaningful relationships with each other. Epaphroditus is described as a co-worker by Paul, someone who contended side by side with him in the work of the gospel. Moreover, Paul described him as a fellow soldier. They fought together in the fight of faith for Jesus' honour. The image Paul uses is of Epaphroditus having battled alongside him, but being wounded, a comrade in arms, he's now being sent home for a period of rest. Paul uses words full of relationship, partnership and family to describe his relationship with Timothy, Epaphroditus and the church in Philippi. We see Epaphroditus' distress for his brothers and sisters in Philippi because they'd heard that he was badly ill and they didn't know whether he died or whether he was still living. We read of his longing to see them. These are words of family, of deep love for each other and deep relationship. And if the gospel is deeply rooted in us, it will overflow in love for others and in the depth of relationships. And I'm loving seeing how you as brothers and sisters are caring for each other at this time. I realise Zoom is no substitute for meeting face to face. We feel the pain of that, but I'd encourage you at this time to engage with meetings on Zoom if that's what we have to build relationship together and meet together at this time. It's not ideal, I know that, but if you're getting fed up with Zoom, please continue doing it for the sake of building relationship with your brothers and sisters. Let's be inventive at thinking how we can love each other at this time, how we can meet each other's needs. So Paul points to Timothy and Epaphroditus as examples of what it means to follow Christ and have Christ-like character. There was an authenticity between what they believed and how they lived. And he also showed how the gospel can bring a depth of relationship and a community that we long for. Yet following Jesus' example and living like Timothy and Epaphroditus doesn't seem to be automatic. Paul wrote earlier, all seek their own interests and not those of Jesus Christ. So what is it that causes Christ-like character in us? How do we change from being people of self-interest to become people who seek first Jesus and love others? Paul writes to the church in Galatia that the fruits of the Spirit... The fruits of the Holy Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. This character is developed in us as we walk with God and allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and produce the character of Christ. We need the Holy Spirit to empower us and to transform us. Today we're celebrating Pentecost. After Jesus' death, resurrection and ascension, the disciples waited in Jerusalem for the gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus had promised. 
In fact, Jesus had said it would be better if he went so that the Holy Spirit could come to them. And they're waiting in Jerusalem, 120 people in an upper room, praying together. And then one day the Holy Spirit on Pentecost Day came upon them. Like a rushing wind, tongues of fire seemed to land upon them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking languages that they didn't know as God enabled them. They were praising God and they went out onto the streets praising God. Onlookers were amazed. What on earth is happening? People are speaking in my mother tongue, they were saying. Others mocked the disciples and said, look, they're just drunk with wine. And then Peter stood up. And with boldness said, how can we be drunk with wine? It's not even nine o'clock in the morning. And then he started explaining using the prophet Joel, how this was a, a fulfillment of the prophecy from the prophet Joel, that the Holy Spirit would come upon men, women, slaves, free people, young and old. In other words, it was for all people. Holy Spirit's coming was going to be for all people. He then explained to the crowd that they had been the ones responsible for rejecting Jesus and had been complicit in his crucifixion. But God had raised Jesus from the grave because death couldn't hold him. And Jesus had conquered death, opened a way of salvation for all who would believe. And now Jesus was Lord and Saviour. And then he called people to turn to him and put their trust in him as Lord and Saviour. And actually, that's the same message for those who are exploring the Christian faith today, Jesus says, come to me as Lord and Saviour and put your trust in me. Turn from a way of living for yourself. That's called repentance. And turn to me and put your trust in me as Lord, the one who calls the shots in your life and Saviour, the one who rescues you. But Peter spoke with such boldness when he explained that to the crowd. And the amazing thing was six weeks earlier, he denied knowing Jesus three times in one night, ashamed of being identified with him. Yet on Pentecost Day, he stands up boldly proclaiming to the crowd that Jesus is Lord and Saviour, and they were the ones complicit in his death and execution. Why the radical change? What happened? The change was the Holy Spirit came upon him. It was the Holy Spirit's power at work in him, changing his timidity into boldness. And he was never the same again. If you put your faith today in Jesus as Lord and Saviour, you've received the gift of the Holy Spirit. He lives in you. You carry his presence with you. Yet we need to learn to walk in the Spirit and regularly be filled with the Spirit. Paul writes to the Ephesian believers, he says, the, the believers in Ephesus, be filled with the Spirit. That's an ongoing thing. Be filled with the Spirit. And as we are filled with the Spirit, as we walk with the Spirit, we begin to be changed to reflect the character of Jesus. And today we celebrate Pentecost Day, that God poured his Spirit upon the disciples in that upper room. And actually from this, that day onwards, the Holy Spirit was poured out upon those who believe. It's our inheritance, actually, if we are believers. So let's today cry out to him and ask him to fill us and empower us so we can live a life worthy of the gospel and be changed to be more like Christ. Have a love for each other and an overflow in our relationships uh, and a depth of relationships that we see between Paul, Epaphroditus and Timothy.
And today we're going to have an opportunity to pray for each other after church, in groups, to pray each other to be filled with the Spirit in our Zoom call. But let's just finish today by praying this prayer. So the words are on the screen. Let's all pray together this prayer. Spirit of life, fill our emptiness with your fullness. Spirit of power, stir our hearts afresh. Spirit of love, touch us and through us our neighbour. Spirit of creativity, enable and empower the gifts you have given. Spirit of eternity, draw us ever deeper into your kingdom. Father, today, this Pentecost day, fill us up once again with your Holy Spirit. Cause our hearts to cry, Abba, Father. In Jesus' name, Amen.